Hi, my name is Allison Forbes, and an example of a godly woman in my life has to be my mom. Growing up, my mom was always bringing my brother and I to church. She was teaching us as we were homeschooled. She was making sure that we understood the Bible, that we understood the importance of faith. And the way that's impacted me in my life, I mean, that shaped everything for me um, into who I am as, as a woman, as a woman of God, um, who I am as a person. I think so much of that has come from her. My name is Ashley Fluence, and a godly woman who I think of is my great-grandmother who raised me and my two younger siblings. And I definitely know she's a godly woman thinking back now as an adult because she had to have major courage and God to take on the role of raising myself when I was seven and my younger siblings at three and two. So the reason I'd say she's a godly woman is because of just memories I have of her, things she would say, see she would sow into our lives daily. Um, simple things like seeing her reading in her Bible every morning, listening to her gospel music, waking it, it would wake us up actually every morning, four or five o'clock in the morning. And I'd always think to myself, wow, does she ever get tired of this? But it never, never ceased to amaze me just how much into the word she was, how much she kept us into church, Sunday school, Bible school, choir practice, everything that was going on at church, we were definitely there. Now, as an adult, as a wife and a mother, I look at those moments and I say, let me make sure I'm intentionally praying with my children and for my children. Let me make sure I'm modeling for them what prayer truly is and how it's so uncomplicated. It's so simple. Um, just simply reading scripture with them and short scripture, things that can directly apply to them. Keeping prayer in my marriage, praying together on purpose for no reason or when the storms come. So all of those things have been truly, truly amazing moments for me that I can refer back to, even with her not being here just being able to utilize those memories and remember that God is still here and I thank God for that godly woman being in my life, giving me that. My name is Shauna and I've been fortunate enough to grow up with godly women from childhood to now. And they have impacted my life in so many ways in different stages. I've been fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with the women's group and with my morning group where I've encountered so many different personalities. And the unique thing about all those personalities is that they show God's love in all of their actions, whether it is greeting a new member or saying a prayer, noticing something is off, asking questions, um, giving additional content to study whenever we're going through whatever particular Bible study. And those things have helped me to grow my faith in these most recent times because you know you never really stop growing. My children are teenagers now and it's very important to me that they see my faith in action. I teach them that love is an action word, but faith too is an action word. Uh, so I try to meet them where they are, encourage them where I can, answer whatever questions I can, but most importantly, I'll let them know that there's a family of believers that they can actually go to as well. 
My name is Melody Bedu, and a godly woman who has made an impact in my life is my late grandmother, Willie Kate Cunningham. I was visiting my grandmother in North Louisiana and uh, getting ready to leave, and usually when I left Shreveport, she was my last stop. I always would stop and get that blessing from grandmother and pick up a piece of pie or some little trinket or something because she always had to send me off with a prayer and some little thing and we were walking through her yard and passed by a gardenia bush and I was um, enjoying the smell of the flowers and how beautiful the plant was and she said you want some I said well I'm they're good like you know I don't have a green thumb like you I, I need a plant with a pot with some roots or something on it and so she reached over she just snapped a twig off and she put it in a paper towel and she gave it to me. She says, okay, when you get home, stick that in the dirt. And I said, well, she said, no, just, just go stick it in the dirt. I said, well, okay, one little twig. One of the things that brings me such joy every year now, and it's spring and the gardenias are about to bloom, is this huge bush I have in my backyard from that one little twig that I got from my grandmother's garden. But I remember when I was a little girl spending the night at my grandmother's house and we would get ready to go to bed and I would watch my grandmother with those bad knees get on her knees to pray. And uh, I love the gardenia, but what I will hold on to much, much longer is my grandmother teaching me how to get down on my knees and pray. I am Melissa Dugas, better known as Dugas. When I think about godly women in my life, I think about the ladies of the church. I didn't grow up in church, and so it wasn't until after I got saved when I was 18, and I began to plug into a church that I sought out women who could lead me in the right way, who could teach me what it meant to read scripture, who could explain scripture to me, who could answer questions. When I think about my journey and who I am today, it's not because of one woman, but it's because of many women. It's because of many women who have walked life with me. Because of the testimony of these godly ladies who have poured into my life, it's made me want to give back and to do the same. I'm single, I don't have any children, so how do you do that? Well, I did it as an educator, one, by pouring into the lives of the students who are with me. But also there's children all around my neighborhood. There's families around my neighborhood. There's women who um, I'm able to pour into. And so just like I asked for someone to come alongside and walk life with me, I also try to give it back, to pay it forward, and to do, to do that in the lives of others. Wow, huh? Let's thank the Lord for the godly women in our lives who are there as a vessel of God to help each and every one of us along the way. Ashley, Melody, um, Shauna, Allison, Melissa, thank you for sharing that today, as well as Rudy and Diane for allowing us to be a part of your family and celebrate the moment with Aaliyah. What a great moment. David and Kaylee, where'd you run to? You know, they're back here with Selah. And, and thank you so much for us being able to do that. What a great reminder, as well as for the Bolins, right? For Laurel, and to be able to celebrate life. You know, there is a journey that we're all on, and in that journey, there are ups and downs. But along the way, we need people 
who are there as a part of our journey of faith and our relationship to come to know God personally. We need people, and usually you can point in your life to a godly woman who pointed you that way. So I just want to say thank you to all the godly women out there who love the Lord, regardless of what season of life you may be in. You matter, and we are thankful for you at Calvary. The world needs more women that love the Lord, that trust the Lord, doesn't it? The Lord needs some godly women. We're here because of some godly women in our lives. And so we want to honor you. I, I hope that today you did get your gift and your treat. My temptation is to not eat this while I preach. But that combination won't work very well. I'll look like the cookie monster on this deal. So I'll just admire um, what one of our dear mothers and her daughter within this church made for you today. Isn't that sweet? Just a great reminder for the women of faith as we celebrate and remember Mother's Day. And then the blessing that was sung over you, that is there to remind you. As well as part of the passage that we're going to look at today. As we look at a woman in scripture who represents the journey and the challenges that many women will face. But they also are a key part of our legacy of faith in our homes, in our churches, and in our lives. We're going to talk about Sarah. Now, I mentioned Hannah because Hannah is one of my favorites, but I talked about Hannah in 2015. So I didn't want to go back to 2015 and talk about Hannah because there are a lot of godly women who went through various seasons in their relationship with God. Some of those seasons were beautiful, good, and some of those seasons, honestly, were very challenging. To be real, those moments were hard for them. And perhaps inside of them, they created maybe cynicism, anger, hurt, brokenness, before God could redeem all of that and show him he had a great purpose and plan for them. Today, we're going to look at that. Today is, is still a part of our Family of Faith series. And yes, moms, ladies... This message has been written and designed for you. But gentlemen, students, children, don't tune out. Because this message has a part of it that is designed to help each and every one of us in the family of faith. Understand what it means to know and to share good news. Good news. Every family of faith needs some good news. The word gospel in the New Testament means good news. The gospel is the good news that God loved us so much that in spite of our brokenness, our experiences that maybe jade us or make us turn into less than God has intended us to be, in spite of all of the moments where we choose to rebel or go our own way against God, the gospel, the good news is that God loved us in spite of all of that. And he sent a replacement sacrifice for us, his son Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ would die on a cross for which we deserve, we were destined for, but Jesus took it for us and he paid the price for our forgiveness of all of our sins, past, present, and future. And Jesus forgives us of our sins. Amen? Isn't that good news? Jesus loves us in spite of our character self sometimes. Isn't that good news? Jesus redeems broken stories and he makes them right. That's good news. 
And a family of faith needs to not only have a future worth believing in, having a faith to look for things out there that God has intended for us. We talked to the graduates about that last week and to all of us. But a family of faith needs to focus on the good news. The good news. And when you have good news, that good news is worth sharing. Take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to look a moment together at the life of Sarah, Abraham's wife. And Sarah goes through this experience of recognizing she just has a lot of brokenness in her life. A broken past with some broken relationship, some broken cultural issues that she found herself at the center of. Physically, she's dealing with something that many of you, I know personally as your pastor, have dealt with. What's wrong and why can't I have a child? And she had put her significance at one point in that, and then she's moved on past that. She's kind of become hardened because of the experiences of life. Genesis chapter 18 allows us to look at what happens in our lives when we allow good news to come into our lives, into our homes, into the situation that we may be living in where we don't think that God can come through, but how beautiful and how good it is when he does. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says this, The Lord appeared to him, who's him? Abraham, her husband. And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed himself to the earth. And he said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. Now look what Abraham did. Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. And he said, quickly prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender choice calf. And he gave it to the servant, and he hurried to prepare it. He took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared, and he placed it before them, and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There in the tent. He said, I surely, and this is the Lord, I surely I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which was behind him, behind her husband. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have become old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? 
At the appointed time, I will return to you at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he, the Lord, said, Oh, no, but you did. <laughs> this story has a lot of humor to it. What happens when you have good news in your life? You celebrate. When you hear something that's funny, what do you do? You laugh. You remember moments that stand out that are good, that bring laughter, that bring a smile to your face. That's good news. Good news is worth sharing. Good news is worth celebrating. Good news is worth finding and discovering even when you may not see the good going on around you. We all need good news. And in a family of faith, there is the reality that there is good news worth sharing. The Lord brought Sarah good news. He brought her news that she was not expecting. And quite frankly, at that point in time, we're not even sure she really believed God would come through on her behalf. She laughed to herself. But you know, God knows exactly what you're going through in every season of your life. He knows not only what you express outwardly, but he knows what you feel inwardly. The laugh was never an audible laugh. She laughed to herself. It was a private moment where she thought, yeah, right, sure, I'm too old, and this old donkey of a man that's wore out, yeah, that's not going to happen, right? And she laughed. God knew in her heart how she felt, what she was going through, what she was battling with, perhaps her insecurities, the pain of her past, the challenges of her present, and maybe even this moment where she wasn't sure that this God, that this Lord, that this person that was there was really going to come through. But let me tell you something today. And this is the life lesson. Ladies, this is not only for you, gentlemen. This is also for you because in a family of faith, the good news is that we need to remember the Lord does wonderful things. The Lord does wonderful things. The Amplified Bible actually translates verse 14, this encounter that Sarah has with the Lord. We, we read it and it says, does she not know that there is nothing impossible for God? The Amplified Bible says, do you not realize the Lord can do wonderful things? Family of faith, the good news that you hold on to today in your life, regardless of what you're going through, what you struggle with, the Lord your God does wonderful things for his children. He does wonderful things. And those wonderful things need to be cherished, grasped, laughed at, smiled upon, finding the good news, the good news of God's love, of his mercy, of his kindness, of his forgiveness for his children, for his family. 
anyone who trusts in the Lord Jesus, the good news of God's saving grace through his son, Jesus Christ. Anyone who receives Jesus Christ has the good news of God's forgiveness, love, and mercy applied to their life. And therefore, they are in the family of God. That is good news. All of us need to understand. I said this a couple of years ago, and I stand by it still. One of the greatest desires of every mother in the world that understands God's love and grace, their greatest desire is that their children will come to know Jesus. So if you're sitting out here today and you've got a godly woman in your life or you've got someone who maybe did not paint the right picture for you, listen, the greatest desire of godly women for people is that people will come, their children will come, the people they love, the people they care about will come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord. That is the greatest desire because that matters forever. That's good news. But in the midst of that good news, when you trust the Lord, the Lord also has a way with his children of doing wonderful things for them. And especially when they least expect it. Why do you think in this story it shifts to Sarah? In the Bible, we know Abraham to be the father of faith. We get to follow his journey with God through moments of great success and, yes, moments of great failure. They're recorded for everyone to see, and yet God continually guides him along the journey to understand who God is, what God was going to do, and how wonderful the plans God had for him. But here in chapter 18, you get this focus that shifts clearly away from Abraham to Sarah. And God had a promise to them, but he delivers it very clearly into her life. Sarah, you're going to have a son. Now, I actually love this story. Good news makes you smile. And if you read between the lines of this story, there are a lot of funny things within this story. Perhaps we would overlook them in our culture today because we may not be paying attention to the beauty of the story. But there's some great things in the story. What did Abraham say to the Lord when the Lord showed up with these two other guests who, if you read for it in Scripture, you will understand are two angels. You have recorded right here in Genesis the living presence of Jesus in the Old Testament partnered with two angels showing up to Abraham and Sarah. That's pretty special, isn't it? And the two angels have a job to do. You can read further about what their job is. But Jesus shows up. He meets with Abraham. And what does Abraham say? This is true man. This is a dude to the core right here. Man, I'm so glad you're here, Lord. I'm so glad you came to visit. You need to rest. Let me get you some bread. Like that is typical dude. But the whole story shifts, and you got to look at what happens after that. Abraham, where does he go? He goes into the tent to prepare the bread. You know what happened in that tent. Sarah said, what kind of man are you? You're going to give the Lord some bread? No, get out there and go get the fine choice calf. Make sure you prepare that. Get not only some bread, go over here and get some curds and some milk. This is the Lord. You're going to do it right. We all need a godly woman helping us to learn how to do it right. Isn't that right, men? Isn't that right, ladies? 
She's there, and I know where the whole plot twisted. It's when he went in there half-cocked into the tent and said, Hey, we're going to serve these guys some bread. Oh, no, you're not. The Lord deserves a whole lot better than that. You know, you've been throwing bread around this tent for too long and living like bread. We're going to do it right this time. And so he goes back with his whole plan before the Lord, serves the Lord and the two angels that are with the Lord. And you got to laugh and know that happened because Sarah was in the tent. Sarah was there helping him become his best. Ladies, wherever you are in the journey, you're there to help those people around you honor the Lord and become their best. That's what you do. And we're so thankful for you. You're not some secondary person hiding behind somebody. No, you're just as important in God's great plan of redemption for all of the world. That it matters who you are. And you are to be honored in the family of faith and to celebrate the good news that you are a part of the family and you're a part of the leadership. There is no Israel. There is no salvation. There is no future plan without Sarah being the one who would give birth to Isaac. God promised Abraham, your wife Sarah will give birth to a son. His name is going to be Isaac. And your descendants will be as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sands on the seashore. You're a part today, family of faith, family of Abraham, people of the faith of Sarah. You're a part of that legacy today, those stars and those sands. Because this woman stood in the gap with her husband and they believed God in a minute and God did a wonderful thing for them. He's still the same God and he does that today. And that's what a family of faith needs to remember. The good news that God does wonderful things for people in his family. There are a few specifics that I want to give you quickly this morning. Because I know that you have Mother's Day plans. And it's going to be past brunch when I'm done. So just enjoy your lunch and enjoy your time honoring your moms and the significant women in your life. But here are a few takeaways from today that I think are important when you think of the good news of what the Lord does when he does wonderful things for his children. Number one, when the Lord does wonderful things, we need to acknowledge him. Today, just as we have taken a moment to acknowledge mothers and the ladies here in this church, we do that because ultimately, we realize it is the Lord that matters the most in your life, moms, ladies. It is the acknowledgement of the Lord. When I listened to Melody and Shauna share about the women in their life, when I listened to Miss Dugas share the truth about being a single woman, not having children, but yet using her life to make a difference it matters that there are godly women and godly people in this world who acknowledge the Lord. And Sarah made sure that Abraham acknowledged the Lord. We acknowledge the Lord when we realize this. He will visit if you have the time. Acknowledge the Lord because he's going to visit if you have the time for him. Moms, ladies... 
Men as well, family of faith, here's the reality. In life, we're all busy doing chores, keeping house together, life moving, kids running, jobs rolling, all of this while trying to discover our identity. It's a busy life, and you are all, we are all busy doing a lot of things. But the Lord has a word for you when you are able to stop and acknowledge His presence. All of the busyness, the experience, the opportunity, it is empty and it leaves us feeling empty when we don't take the time to sit down and acknowledge who is first in our life. Those stories that you heard were an acknowledgement of godly grandmothers and mothers and women who sat down and pointed other people to Jesus through the word. That is acknowledging the Lord and that is more important than any of us could ever imagine. For all of us, taking the time to acknowledge the Lord is important because he will visit, but only if you have the time. Do you notice what Abraham and Sarah were doing? They were sitting in the desert. And perhaps you've had a desert moment. Maybe you're living through a desert moment right now. And they're sitting around. By sitting around, they had some time. And the Lord showed up. You know, we all need some time to sit down. And ask the Lord to show up. And when he shows up to acknowledge this is the Lord. And he has something to say to me. The Lord will show up but only if you acknowledge him. And great women, great people, they acknowledge the Lord in their life. And when they acknowledge him, that means he's going to show up. He's going to deliver a word. He's going to do something wonderful for those who will take the time. To acknowledge him in their lives. That's what you see happens in this moment. And you see that in this moment, Sarah was willing to acknowledge him even with laughter. I mean, the story's beautiful because she laughs to herself because she knows the impossibility of what the Lord has said. But even in that moment of her laughing, God didn't let her off the hook. Maybe you think you've been let off the hook. Maybe you think it's not going to happen. Maybe I've gone past a point of forgiveness, a point of faith. Maybe I'm at a point where I've become cynical because things didn't work out the way I want. Listen, acknowledge the Lord and he's got something still to do in your life that is wonderful. That is something that only he can do because the Lord can do anything and he works that out for people that acknowledge him. Sarah had to acknowledge God. She thought she would get by without it. Oh, I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. And isn't it funny? Only God knows what's really in our hearts. Only God knows the dreams that are really in our heads. Only God knows and he knows Deny it all you want. Run from it all you can. Say it's impossible. I'm too old. I've had too much happen to me. I'm broken. It doesn't work. I can't be forgiven. I've gone through this. Listen, God loves you too much to allow those lies to reign over your life. He does wonderful things for those who will acknowledge him. And even when you don't want to acknowledge him, God has a way of going, oh, no, 
I know you. And I know exactly what you think, believe, and what you did. And I'm still going to do something wonderful anyways. That's who God is. That's who he is. And that's good news. Here's the second thing that's beautiful about recognizing a family of faith who focuses on good news. We don't only want to acknowledge the Lord. We want to prepare for the Lord. We want to prepare for the Lord. Great miraculous things happen for those who prepare for them to happen. When you prepare your heart by faith to trust in the Lord for something wonderful, the Lord has a way of doing that for those who prepare for him to do it. What is the first half of the story all about? Preparation. It was all about preparation. And Abraham is like a lot of people in the church. We're going to give God half of what we want. Half of what we think he deserves. We're not going to give God the best. One of the things that very personally, I'll give you a personal moment, that really challenges me as a pastor is when people think it's okay to bring to the church their leftovers, their broken stuff, their, their stuff that nobody can use. But, oh, let's be generous and charitable. And we'll bring to God stuff that we no longer have need of that's broken and useless and trash. And we'll bring that to the Lord. That's not preparing for a miracle. And that's not preparing to see God do your best. That not only happens in coming and not being ready for worship or not bringing things that are useful to God and our gifts and our service to his church. It happens in our tithes and offerings. We talked about honoring to the graduates last week. When they get to the top of the ladder that they're climbing and realize it's God at the top of the ladder. When they get there, they give back to God by honoring him of all that he's given to them. Well, that's true of all of us, honoring the Lord, preparing ourselves to give to the Lord the best because God's best is way better than ours. God's best is way better than ours. Abraham wants to give bread. Sarah says, you're not giving to God this half effort of bread. You're going to give God the best. And so he goes out and he gets a choice calf. Jesus got to eat steaks with Abraham. Amen, right? That's a good thing. And it wasn't even Lent. didn't matter, right? He was able to be able to eat that. Abraham gave him curds and milk. And he got the bread too. But that preparation mattered because preparation always precedes a miracle. Cheat God and get a cheap miracle. <laughs> Prepare yourself to give God the best and watch what he will do. God's best is always better than ours. You see, in this moment, and I have no doubt, Sarah was a part of this miracle and this moment. I have no doubt. Abraham says, I'm giving bread. He comes back and he gives steak. And out of a result of the preparation to honor the Lord, they had to give up something. Catch this. They had to give up something. It meant something to give the best out of your flock to a stranger. It meant something to prepare to have a feast for a stranger. They had to sacrifice. They sacrificed 
some meal. They sacrificed a cow, a choice calf. They sacrificed some of the process of the cheese and the development of all that mattered then. They sacrificed for it. Let me ask you a question. Sarah, older, barren, gone through some horrible circumstances that you read about prior to this. Was the promise of Isaac better than what they gave up to get it? Most people miss that in their lives because they never prepare for God to do something wonderful for them. The preparation to honor the Lord in our lives, it matters because he can always give way more than we can. And when he gives something wonderful, it's better than what I can offer. It's better than what we can offer. He just has a way of doing things wonderful for those in the family of faith. And that's pretty doggone good news, right? Here's the third thing. When I look at this, they not only prepared for the Lord, they not only acknowledged the Lord, they learned to trust the Lord. And in a family of faith, part of the good news is we have to trust Him. Why do you trust the Lord? Because nothing is too difficult for the Lord. Nothing is too difficult for Him. Listen, it doesn't matter where you come from. On Mother's Day, we talk about moms, but there's the reality. Many of you have gone through physical circumstances or other circumstances, and, and that's not your story. But nothing is too difficult for the Lord. The Lord is a redeeming God. The Lord is a redeeming God of all of his children, of all of his people. But how? When they trust him, that nothing is too difficult for him. And while the cards may not have played out the way that you think and that you want, and the storyline has changed according to the way that you thought you would write it, nothing is too difficult for the Lord. But it requires that we trust him. Trust him with where we are, with what he's given, with what he has promised to your soul and to your heart that he's going to do. Faith is always a part of the journey. It is a part of the seasons of life that we go through. Some of those seasons will challenge your faith. I think the seasons in Sarah's life had challenged her. There is a reality that perhaps her faith had grown cold. Has your faith ever grown cold? Maybe it was something that you believed in. It didn't happen. Maybe you listened to someone who steered you away from the Lord. And they became more of a truth to you than God's word to you. Maybe perhaps an experience, it hardened you. And therefore, where was God? Well, God said, well, this didn't happen. And therefore, I don't believe. Maybe you just feel guilty because of something else. Listen to me. God is with you. He shows up for his children. He shows up when we least expect it and when we trust him. In whatever moment it is that we are living in, whatever it is that we are dealing with, when we trust him, he will come through for you, his child. Because nothing, nothing Nothing is too difficult for a God 
who does wonderful things for his children. And that brings us to the last thing that I learned today from Sarah. And I hope that you will do the same. So many times in life, we're very serious about all the things that happen. The journey, yes, is complicated. Moms, children are difficult, right? (laughs) Grandmothers, grandchildren are difficult. And by the way, it's a journey. And there are times where you experience great victory And there are times where it feels like great defeat. In the process, I think Sarah teaches all of us, moms, you, but also all of us, something about the Lord. And good news needs to make every single one of us smile. Do you realize that a lot of people have lost their smiles in the last few years? I mean, you would think the last season of life would have caused more people to turn to the Lord. It's just made people mad. Everybody's angry. Everywhere you look, people are mad. Why is that? I think that a lot of people have forgotten who the Lord is. And they've forgotten what it means to enjoy Him. To enjoy the Lord. The Lord is with us on the journey. Child of God. Church of God. Church of God of Jesus. He's with you. When you acknowledge him, when you prepare for him, when you trust him, then you can enjoy what he's going to do. I love the fact that Sarah laughed. I don't think we need to miss that moment. What she's expressing on the inside is this is a funny joke. (laughs) Yeah. And if you read between the lines, grown-ups, it's a funny joke. It's pretty funny. And then all of a sudden, nine months later, this grandma is going to give birth to a son, Isaac. Isaac, who would also have a heritage, 12 more kids, the 12 tribes of Israel, and set in motion a whole process of God redeeming people, pointing to Jesus, saving people, you and I today. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny that any of us, by the way, would deserve that salvation. But enjoy the process of God at work in your life. Because God, unlike anyone else, the Lord, unlike anyone else, the Lord will never break a promise to his children. Never. The Lord never, ever breaks his promise. Abraham. Why did she laugh? Because I'll tell you something. I'll come back. And I'll be back. And when I come back, let me tell you what's going to happen. Something wonderful. Your wife is going to give birth to a son. That promise that I made to you, I will fulfill it. I'm not going to go back on what I said to you. No, I am the Lord. I do wonderful things. And when I show back up, Your son, Isaac, will be born. Read forward a little bit further in Scripture. Guess what happened? Sarah got pregnant. That's pretty funny. When you look at it, that whole laughter turned into, Oh, Lord, I'm pregnant. What in the world, right? That whole moment of not thinking God would come through turned into the greatest joy 
that she could have. Enjoy the Lord, people. Enjoy the journey. The Lord has a promise to you. When you stop and you acknowledge who He is, when you actually take the time to prepare your life, to honor Him and prepare for Him to do something wonderful on you, in you, through you, when you trust Him, because He never breaks a promise, then you can enjoy His work along the way. I want to encourage you today. Take a little time even today, and smile. Smile about God's love for you, God's purpose for you, God's work in you, God's work through your children, God's work through your life and your influence and your impact. Church, God's work through your church because this is the kind of family where God does wonderful things. Good news is Jesus. Good news is the Lord is going to show up. And good news, that's what we have to talk about. Amen? Let's pray together today. As we bow our heads, perhaps today, on Mother's Day, the greatest gift that some of you can give to your mom is to surrender your heart by faith to Jesus right now. The Lord has used today to speak to your heart and he's visiting right now, right in your presence. You sense it, you know it. And it's time for you to honor the Lord. And don't give him half-hearted faith. Prepare your heart right now to give him all of your faith. To make him not only your savior, but the Lord of your life. If that's you, I encourage you to pray this from your heart. God, thank you right now for visiting my heart and in my soul, I hear you. I sense you, and I want to honor you. I surrender right now to you. Jesus, come and live in my heart. Dear Lord, save me. And I give my best right now to you because I want to follow you. You are a God who does wonderful things, and I want to see that in my life. If you pray that today, at the end of the service, in front of you, there is a card that allows you to respond. Fill that out. Take that to our welcome desk and let us continue to be a part of your journey. Family of faith right now, the rest of us as we pray, maybe in your life you've grown cynical but you need to smile. Maybe in your life you felt worthless, challenged, belittled, betrayed. Inside you may be cynical but laugh because the Lord is right there. He is right with you. And he's on the verge of doing something wonderful for you. God is a family of faith today. We are together as one because of Jesus. The Lord who has visited us, who we acknowledge personally that we need you. God, we prepare our hearts to meet with you and to experience you in our life and therefore we want to bring you more than bread we want to give you our best through our abilities our talents our finances our resources our gifts god we trust you we trust you we trust you as you work out your plan in our lives and so we know that your best 
is way better than ours. We trust you. You never break a promise. God, teach us today as we walk with you to smile and enjoy you as we walk this journey. It's in Jesus' great name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Moms, we're so thankful for you. Let's thank the Lord for the moms in our life one more time. Very grateful for this opportunity. Hey, I, I want to tell you, you, you notice that we've talked a little bit about giving. We have two great opportunities coming up. We're not done celebrating a lot of good things here at Calvary. Continue to be honoring of God with your tithes and your offerings. That means a lot in these days. There is this reality that if you bring the Lord bread, you get bread. You bring the Lord a tenth, you get a lot more. It's just the way he works. Honor the Lord, he honors you. Prepare your hearts for that. But I also want to tell you, not only thank you for giving on a weekly basis, next week we have our open house celebration here at Calvary. That's a big Sunday for us. It's an open house for people to really slow down, take the time and see all of the faithfulness of God in the midst of the pandemic and two hurricanes because we've rebuilt this place twice. And that is God's faithfulness. A year ago in May, we took up an offering, $150,000 Sunday to get the work going and we've done it. And that is a huge deal. That is the faithfulness of the Lord. So next week, we're going to take up a faithfulness offering, a great celebration offering next week. Giving to the Lord to help us continue to pay for this place, right? Continue to use this place. Continue to honor God with our house. Because this is what God has given to us. And here's what I realize every week. Not every church in our city has been in a position to be able to rebuild themselves to be able to return back to normal. Even since Hurricane Ida, a lot of people are struggling. I know a lot of families even here still struggling. Honor the Lord and watch what he will do. Be faithful to the Lord and watch the wonderful things he will do. I don't take it for granted that the Lord is doing wonderful things for Calvary Baptist Church and the people of this family of faith. Come prepared next week, not only to give, but to eat. We're going to have a crawfish bowl next week. And listen, I do want you to be in church before you go out and eat, right? So they're going to be preparing. We're going to have a good time. But I have a word for you next week as well. So I encourage you to be in church. If you haven't purchased your tickets yet, do it now. Not right now, but do it today. And go ahead and get those for you and your family. Invite your friends because we want to be able to prepare. We want you to eat until you're full, but we want to be able to celebrate also all that God is doing for this family of faith. We got things for kids next week. We're going to have a great time. Make sure you're in church and you can be able to get your tickets, make your preparation back here at the welcome desk. It's going to be a great open house Sunday. And all of this is because, I said it at the beginning of the service, moms, thank you for giving us life as a church family. We are all about the life of Christ and we will not be held back. 
We won't let the darkness win in this world. We will stand in the wonderful works of Jesus. And may he do that for each and every one of you. Amen. God, thank you today for your people. May you bless them. May you keep them. May your face shine upon every one of them and those that they love. God, may we feel and sense and know the deep and wonderful grace you give us in Christ. And may we know your peace. It is in that wonderful name of Jesus and all God's people say, amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day and get ready for next week. Amen.